start on the shuttle subtext six months later. So it's six months later, and I'm curious what she's been doing for six months, but somehow Michael got on this shuttlecraft. Uh, not mining dilithium. That's right, but she's with a bunch of hard-nosed people. I don't know, what were they miners? Uh, they're or? criminals? Criminals. Of, of some kind. The one but guy, they weren't Starfleet. The one guy killed some Andorians, and we never find out what the other ones did. Maybe he's a, he has some kind of beef with them. Yeah, I don't know why their little antenna are really cute and emotive. So. <laughs> but cold in all the wrong places, one of them said. So they said. <laughs> I'm not going to get too deep into what that means. But now we get, like, a fun scene. And this is weird because Michael's being all quiet. Um, obviously, she's taken to heart that she needs to be repentant or something like that. Or at least not make waves. Yeah, she's not picking any fights right mm-hmm. now. And But the shuttlecraft gets these... Space bugs. Space bugs. The yeah. shuttle got space bugs. And these space bugs are going to eat all the energy, which combines a lot of my favorite old Star Trek episodes <laughs> of things that eat the energy of the spaceships. So uh-huh. that was great. They did, I, like, a mini episode. It's true. It's This episode was very Star Trek, I have to say. You know? They go, yeah. on, they go on an away mission to a haunted ship. And <laughs> I'm getting ahead of ourselves There were here, a but, lot of classic episode references uh-huh. here. We'll I, try to name them all. <laughs> I do feel like they, they tried hard to go Star Trek with this one. So it was, like, yeah. a mini, like, oh, the ship's in danger for from things that are going to eat our energy. You know, I, I always heard that people do not like that episode of Next Generation where the space slug is eating the Enterprise's energy. No, the baby space the baby. slug. Yeah. I like that one. It's a great episode. They adopt a space baby. <laughs> that's the it one where the... Jordy has his holodeck girlfriend, and that's terrible. Oh, uh, well, that's that was why. that was awkward. Yeah. 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 But it has the thing where they're like, well, it's just feeding off the ship. And is it Picard says, keep it off the furniture? Oh, God, did he? That's hilarious. That's so Picard. I thought that was that episode. (laughs) So we have space bugs. And the pilot (laughs) is like, oh, I'm going to go outside and take care of this. Which, if you've ever watched um, sci-fi before, you'll know that when the pilot sees some problem outside and goes to take care of it, they're probably not coming back. That feels more like a horror trope. Like, this is Star Trek. I was waiting for her to go out there and fix it and be like, well, I just did a good job. (laughs) I mean, half of this episode was a horror trope. This was kind of my fear that um, Discovery would be a little bit too much horror. Yeah. But uh, maybe this was just the horror episode. We'll see. I hope every episode's not dramatic lighting for the captain, as he said. (laughs) Let's not forget the haunting of Deck 12. Classic Voyager episode <laughs> where Neelix tells us a story about a space entity. I, I wow, this is similar. <laughs> if if this that ate energy or something, wasn't it? Or no, yeah. it, it was energy. It's energy. Energy yeah, was involved. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, that's if this had been an episode of Voyager, it would have been uh, Doug Jones, tall alien guy. A uh, tall alien Sorry. guy. He's he's not very happy in this episode. He got promoted to commander. We yeah. see. Yep. He's I the, don't. First officer now? We'll get to him because there's some good scenes coming up. But mm-hmm. first, uh, she picks a fight in the cantina. So we finally, we're, we're on a new ship, so we get to learn a new bridge crew, and we get to learn the new 10 forward, which <laughs> so far is a bloody, brawly place. <laughs> That's, you know, that was a nice little um, thing with the security officer being like, oh, should I? She's like, nope, don't get involved. Let the inmates fight it out. We met the chief security officer of the Discovery, and... She's a very familiar actress, and so far, I like her a lot. She's quiet, stoic, but still has a sense of humor. Allowed that fight to go on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like her, too. She has kind of a, um, a weary beat cop That's thing right. to her. She does. Yeah. She just holds that over. Yeah, yeah. She, mm-hmm. She's been in Detroit for too long. Exactly. <laughs> she's seen it all <laughs> at this point. But um, Seen every crime that can be committed on a starship. I like the bar fight because... 
It reminds you that Michael was a commander for seven years on mm-hmm. a big ship. She knows how to defend herself. She can handle three punks off of a shuttle. Well, and also they're—I mean—they're kind of setting her up as a bit of an action action hero. You think so? Michael's an action hero. I mean, based on she this is. episode, she and, did the superhero landing, and also the first two episodes. <laughs> We got to get to that superhero landing. That was pretty. That great. was pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. She picks a fight and she gets to see the captain. She does, uh, which may or may not be related. Maybe that was part of the test. Oh yes, because the captain's been testing her. Well, he has yeah. plans. Uh, so we'll get this. Actually, she confronts him right away, doesn't she? She says, um, "You diverted my shuttlecraft halfway through the voyage." She's smart. I'm supposed to be someplace else. I know how orders work. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, you just saved us. Like, yeah, well, she's so smart. Get, she knows what's going on. We start to get a little bit of, you know, and this is all about character development for Michael. Um, we're starting to get a little bit of uh, Detective Michael. Oh, okay. Like, well, she's got some She's got some Sherlock. Is that uh, a part of her character, do you think, or her Vulcan upbringing, where they're just questioning everything? <laughs> <laughs> well, both, right? I mean, yeah, Vulcans are good, are good at working through problems and working with evidence and stuff so yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. um but yeah she does she's not like uppity but she's not intimidated by him no in fact she's a bit cross she she keeps saying i don't want to make waves but she's not being the most happy-go-lucky person right. either she's like excuse me i have a prison to go to she's kind of emo a little bit <laughs> goth at this point like but maybe has understandably ex- maybe has accepted her sentence a little too much Actually, we should talk about one thing that kind of bothered me. She's getting completely blamed for all the deaths and starting the war. That's true. And she didn't start the war. Hmm. I I guess this might be a thing where we as viewers are privileged to see her perspective, but she did mutiny. (laughs) That much is true. But she didn't start this war. She's not the reason 8,186 died. She did some questionable things, you know, during the opening of the war, but didn't necessarily cause it. Yeah. I mean, the Klingons definitely fired first. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. wanted to fire first. Uh, what did she call it? An unprovoked, unsolicited, or something. A Vulcan hello? <laughs> yeah, it was a Vulcan hello. <laughs> Good title so far. The title of this episode, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, is King's Context. Context is for kings. Context is uh, for universal, kings. Universal rules are for... Idiots, I guess? I don't sure. know. I don't so remember far. the line. Sorry. <laughs> so this new captain of our new fancy ship, the Discovery, kind of fancies himself a king, I guess. Fancies himself a mover and a shaker. But yeah. yeah kind of that. And um, and what did he say? An era of mystery? His eyes are damaged, I guess, from yeah. a Klingon battle. <laughs> I like that it's kind of hard to get a read on him so far. He's... Not completely dour. I thought he was going to be super sad face, grumpy guy. He smiles. He likes fortune cookies. A weird <laughs> affectation. <laughs> so you don't forget who the captain is. There's a nice uh, nice line in there. Like, oh, my family used to make food, but that wasn't really a problem until, you know, you started that war. Oh, yeah, so... Because <laughs> the Klingons are burning our crops now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, tough time to be a Starfleet person, I guess. <laughs> uh, it, it's a little sad, again, that he's blaming her for the war. You would think he'd have a little better perspective there. Yeah, yeah. Like, they did not fire first. Whatever. But we also kind of established that he's telling her what he thinks will get her to join his cause. Um, so she says... But uh, this is this is way later, of course. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> that whole conversation later. Right um, now, she's sticking to the line of, look, I just want to keep my head down and not do anything. And he's like, look, you're on my ship and you're going to do what I tell you. I, I think she wants to continue on, but she wants time to figure things out. I mean, I guess that's a, that's a reasonable point. She's still a little traumatized. Yeah, yeah. 
But the captain says, whatever, I got the science project going on, and I yep. hear you're mad smart. So I, I hear what? you're good at math, <laughs> and we need somebody to go down and, I don't know, refactor our source code. And he read the report. He knows that she's a stellar commander, aside from the whole mutiny thing. Okay, so she goes down and meets the well, engineers? Uh, goes to her quarters. Oh, yes, this is the best goes scene to her, She gets assigned to some quarters, mm-hmm. uh, where she goes and... and uh, I guess emo's out on a bed for a little bit and uh, then meets her roommate. It's tough, man. She went through a lot getting <laughs> on that ship. She had to fight people, man. <laughs> <Got some bruises. laughs> uh, yeah, she meets the coolest addition so far. The most likable I, character, I guess, so far. Uh, the most relatable? Yeah. Kind the of uh, bubbly roommate. Tilly, yeah. Tilly S. Sylvia. Yes. Who is a little different, uh, really, from anyone else we've met in this universe so far. Star Trek at all, you mean? Uh, the show. I mean, Neelix, I guess, is the closest <laughs> I could come up with. No, there were lots of those. Um, on Discovery. Okay, yeah. She's the first person we've met who seems uh, anywhere close to the description of bubbly. Everyone on the Discovery, we should note, the Discovery is not a happy ship. A, it's wartime. B, they're doing something very suspicious that they're not mm-hmm. at all interested in telling Michael about, which means we don't get to know either. Cause... That's true. On, on the way up to the <laughs> up to the bridge, we see someone with a black badge. A black badge with a quite a good-looking uniform. Yeah. yeah. Oh, these... The black ops guys. <laughs> they get all the cool stuff. Section 31? <laughs> <laughs> Probably related. I'm assuming that's what they are. We'll see. We'll see. Tilly's great because she's bubbly. Um, she speaks her mind. She mm-hmm. talks too much. Uh, she's a cadet. <laughs> she's a cadet, she, Tilly. She is our Wesley Crusher, <laughs> if you will. She wasn't ha- allowed to have a roommate because she has a lot of allergies. <laughs> she, what did she say? Uh, the polyesters, the cotton. No, she said she has a like a disability or something or special needs she's special, needs. special needs is why she doesn't have a roommate <laughs> apparently her special needs is she needs a roommate who's deaf because she snores oh i thought the joke was like actually she talks too much so people just keep telling her things <laughs> <laughs> they don't quite hit it off because it turns out that everyone in starfleet hates michael yeah. that's what we learned too mm-hmm. news has spread we mm-hmm. don't know how the internet works there but the news says them how spread you know and that's that's fair maybe it's a commentary on uh Perception versus reality. I'm trying to put myself in that position. I'm on a warship, and then <laughs> an excommunicated officer comes <laughs> back, and we're bunkmates. I guess I'd be polite to him. I wouldn't really want to talk to him at all, and so I guess I'm on Tilly's side. But I'd be curious. Yeah, I don't know. Tilly's curious. My best character, I would be curious, but in reality, <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> And that's what happens in the next scene. They're supposed to work together. Turns out Tilly works in the same science lab Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. Michael got assigned to. Uh, They're roommates and they work in the same department, which is (laughs) a little awkward in any situation. The little science lab, so it's like a little high school scene Uh where like she's trying to find a place to work and she sits next to Tilly and Tilly's like, "Uh uh-uh, you get out of here now. I don't work with uh, (laughs) Vulcan nerve pinchers. (laughs) Um, So the lab is interesting. It's, they have the little work area and then there's like some secret areas where they're doing secret stuff. Uh, we meet the... Lots of we glowy things. I think we weren't clear on this. Uh, either either chief engineer or chief scientist. Do we know his name yet? I don't remember. At some point we will learn his name. He seems like an interesting character, if nothing uh-huh. else. Uh, he played hard nose. I run this lab. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Who sent you here? Oh yeah, the captain sent you here. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so we met the possibly chief engineer, um, but he's running science experiments. 
he's yeah, not, he's not whole, doing standard chief engineer stuff. Yeah, he's not like getting 98% warp efficiency mm-hmm. like Jordy spent his time doing and playing on the holodeck. Right. Instead, I, he's doing crazy stuff. I thought at some point they said that she was going to engineering. But it occurs to me, this it did seem kind of like just a random lab. I think this is just normal Star Trek where they do all the fun stuff in engineering. They're sure. like, keep it down there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want your explosions up here. If you're going to experiment here. with a warp core, <laughs> use the main one. <laughs> Don't do it in a shuttlecraft far away from the <laughs> ship. No, that would be too safe. Um, so there's some mysterious stuff going on in this lab. There's uh, mysterious particles that we see. Mysterious particles and some mysterious source code. Which, again, I'm going to say that that's a little Sherlocky. She notices him brushing particles off of his shoulder. Come on. Yeah. And she's like, ah, those are red clay that's only found in a certain part of the wow. riverbank. Wow. Okay. So you like Detective I, I like Detective Burnham. <laughs> we actually skipped the scene. When she was falling asleep in her quarters, they went to... Black alert. That's right. Wow. That's right. And I said, wow, what's black alert? And that's and, such a cheap trick uh, for the writers to do, black but they lights, got me. Black lights come on. Oh, like black lights. Yeah, yeah. Get it? The good black kind of alert. black lights. Yeah. Oh. And then the walls turn to liquid. The walls didn't turn... Did they condensate or did they turn to liquid? I wasn't 100% clear on what was going on there. There was floaty liquid at one point, and then... Right. Uh, it turned into proper liquid with right. gravity. And it turns out, we learned later, that was actually a jump. But yes. I forgot how far they went. It wasn't uh, very far. Not very far. Un- yeah. <laughs> unimpressive distance. Yes. They are not uh, happy. They need smart people. So that's pretty trippy. Yeah. So Michael starts uh, playing with source code. And I love this mm-hmm. scene because they put source code <laughs> up. You never see source code on Star Trek. It's always the Elkar's interface. So yeah. I'm, I'm a total yeah. UI nerd. So I that had was, to... You're going to have to pause that later and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Clip it out. Yep. Make some kind of YouTube video of it, maybe. Did that look like a, like a recognizable language? It did. It had elements. The structure was there. I think it actually had curly braces, which puts it in the <laughs> C <laughs> C programming family, the most common we have today. It'd be kind of scary if a 1970s technology makes it into the 22nd century. I, I could believe that C will last another couple hundred years. 22nd century, 23rd century. Should really read some Wikipedia articles at some point. <laughs> 20, 23rd century, I think. Okay, yeah. let's stick with that for now. She confronts a blonde engineering dude and says, look, you're doing like biology and physics mm-hmm. and mathematics and what's going on? And he's all like, above your pay grade. Get out of here. Right. And then she's like, well, and also you made a typo. Yeah, she found a bug <laughs> in his code. Yep. She doesn't know what it does, but she's like, I know that's wrong. <laughs> I'm a freaking commander here. <laughs> I love that um, Starfleet training includes programming. That is, that is Carly's Vulcan. <laughs> assume Starfleet. Yeah. Too. yeah. I, you know, we always had to kind of assume that they were doing something they just never really showed because they talked about programming um, holodeck stuff. That's true. And it was usually just the. Uh, Alexa interface to it, but... <laughs> right, right. Their idea of programming is you just tell the computer some stuff. Yeah. It's fun to see some source code. That was cool. But, lo and behold, we were... We actually learned that blonde engineering dude, which we really need a name for. Yeah. He has yeah. a friend on another ship, mm-hmm. and they're co-workers, mm-hmm. and they bicker, but... One guy's concerned that the other's jumping too far ahead in his research, going too fast. Yep. Slow it down, buddy. Doing too too far? It was like they're doing kilometers or something? Did they even talk about distance I, at that point? It was pretty vague, the conversation. I thought, I thought mass came up at one point. Uh, okay. Yeah, at this point, we don't know what the science experiment is. We'll, yeah. we'll soon learn that it's all about he's, this jumping. He's conducting but, an experiment. Yeah. Uh, engineer guy is worried about he, it. He's worried, yeah. 
and then I think the next scene is like the ship. They get a they get a, a an alert that that yeah. ship is above top secret alert. Above top secret alert. Oh. Yeah. Um, he didn't have to enter a code. We didn't hear Picard access code <laughs> one two three four five. Well, they use breath prints. <laughs> That's true. They have breath prints on this mm-hmm. ship, which, which uh, are not terribly secure. As it turns out. Yeah, I think it's actually the next... Or maybe we even skipped over that scene. They're not terribly secure because Michael wants to see what's actually in the lab here. She does. Yeah. And I, I don't remember if this happens before or after we hear about the other ship. Yeah. Um, but basically she goes to her sleeping, snoring, drooling roommate and collects some of her drool. Uh, Which was totally gross. Who drools that much? But <laughs> I'll give it to him. Uh, little, <laughs> Tilly is a little funny. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, also, Barnum showing some more uh, skills here. Mission Impossible. More detective. Okay. Are you trying to make her like a Batman or just uh, Sherlock? You know, sticking at, in at the this Sherlock point, book? I'm actually starting to think it's a little more uh, James Bondian. Oh, yeah. Because she like solves the, yeah. the mystery, but also like... He's also the action star, you said. Is that not is that not a James Bond thing to like wow. steal someone's saliva and then use a little uh, air burst to blow it into the breath print analyzer? Yeah, that that sounds complicated enough right? to be James right. Bond, and that's exactly what she did. So she does that. She <laughs> gets a little uh, can of air from somewhere, I guess. I guess. And, uh, it, it looked like a med pack. Yeah. At first, I thought she was going to get a tricorder and, like, analyze oh. her breath to See, find out the little bugs in her breath or something. I was worried she was just going to, like, put it in her mouth and <laughs> no, breathe it into the no. thing, which oh, would be pretty hardcore, okay. but a little weird. Boy, I'm glad they didn't go there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, and then she discovers a glittery, glowing forest, yeah. which is super weird. They're growing <laughs> something in there. It looks kind of cool. It looks kind of like a... almost like it's underwater. It's kind of waving. I was wrong at this point, but I really thought it was a holodeck, and I thought mm. we were going to get to see the birth of the holodeck, and I, they were doing that experiment. I don't think you're going to beat the Klingons with that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Actually, Enterprise set the history for the holodeck, in fact. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but now we can fast forward. Um, something bad has happened to yes. the sister ship. To the Glen. Yeah. Oh, the Glen. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a funny name. John Glenn. Oh, excellent. I assume. Okay, you got it. (laughs) Smarter than me. (laughs) (laughs) And the captain decides we need to get over there and figure out what happened. Uh Uh-huh. And and this kicks off um, some some very classic Star Trek. Yeah. Of there's a... Something happened to our sister ship, uh, which we notice is a kind of a trope of Star Trek. Um, Yeah. Next Generation did it. Yes. uh, Many times, actually. With the Yamato? The Yamato. Which one was the Yamato now? I thought it was the the other Galaxy class that they, they got blown up at some point. Oh, there's a few of them. That's in, true. in the first season, there was one that was just falling apart, and they're like, oh, something's wrong with these Galaxy class ships. Right. But it turns out... Actually, I forget how it turned out, but uh, probably it wasn't alien. a design flaw, it turns out. <laughs> alien parasites or something. Yeah, something and, like yeah. that. Uh, and then Deep Space Nine, they did uh, Mbok Noor episodes. That was the them. classic one right mm-hmm. there, where you see the upside down or crooked version of right, the they, station. They just tilt it. They tilt it a little bit. They do Dutch angles. And it, oh yeah, in this one you can't tell if it's <laughs> <laughs> Is that evil or is that good? It's hard to say. But so, this is cool because we get to see, as you said, they get to reuse the set, mm-hmm. but from a viewer's perspective we get to still explore the set. We're on right. a different ship, but we, we still get to know the ship. We haven't spent much time on Discovery yeah, to begin with. Yeah, we're still with, learning so, this puppy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they put together a, a team yeah, which you the know, away team, it, right? Our first away team, and you're you're like, oh man, I wonder if they're gonna take Michael with them, because you know she's probably not supposed to go, being a prisoner and <laughs> but all. But she's our point of view character, and I really want to see what happens on the ship. The, yeah, yeah, she kind of has to. <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Saru, whose name oh, I just remembered. Yes, Saru. Uh, 
good. gives her a recommendation. Yeah. Uh, he's He says he's afraid of her, which, you know, for his species isn't really a terrible insult because they're kind of afraid of everything. Yeah, they had a good good scene i don't know i i felt uncomfortable the entire scene earlier when they met up in the hallway at the discovery yeah and she apologized basically yeah. for yeah. I, well yeah yeah trying to take over the ship <laughs> yeah and he had, and, he pulls the line uh what was it i i believe you're dangerous and i will protect my captain better than you did ooh, yours yeah that was uh, a slap ouch. to the face yeah this guy is not pulling any punches ouch. he's very clear how he feels about the whole situation report to the medical bay for burn treatment oh wow but <laughs> i you know i think they had a few too many conversations and they were a little bit too long yeah um, between yeah. uh michael and yeah, yeah. I feel like they, um, I feel like they were trying really hard to repair that relationship, like in this episode, and they spent a lot of time mm. apologizing to each other. Hmm. You think they're gonna be best friends in the next episode, or are we gonna keep this up for a while? I hope not. That would be a little. <laughs> Do you too want easy. some drama? It would feel unearned, you know. Like yeah. I feel like they're setting it up where there really is some bad blood there, or at least, you know, he wants to trust her again, but he is literally afraid of her. I'm thinking back to Voyager and Tom Paris and Chakotay. They were set up as kind of enemies. <laughs> Chakotay hated Tom Paris, uh-huh. but that lasted all of like three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious to see. Well, there's a relationship I never thought about. Oh. Uh, they didn't have a lot of scenes together. <laughs> no, no, but they, they started them out as kind of enemies yeah, and they were taunting so. each other. Yeah. But that just yeah. went away. And that's, you know, in, in classic Star Trek, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, you, you set up, you try to set up these relationships that will kind of develop as the series goes. And I feel like in Voyager, a lot of them just didn't happen the way they planned. You know, like the characters that kind of paired up and became friends or enemies yeah. or whatever, was it didn't really go along with the original plan. Yeah, now that I think about it, you, you take Next Generation, everyone starts out pretty well integrated. They're mm-hmm. still getting to know each other, but no drama between them. Yeah. There's the Riker-Troy thing, but they kept it <laughs> professional mostly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas this one, it's just like drama everywhere. Every character has some drama associated yeah. with them. Yeah. Blonde engineering guy just lost his best friend That's on true. the other ship. Mm-hmm in a horrific way uh, we should talk about that i guess so, we are up to the to the uh, yeah, away mission so they yeah. take a little shuttle over to the ship mm-hmm. and they see these bodies on the ship that are just like distorted blur- Ugh, it's it word? was very uh very x-files was manner it? of death yes. okay <laughs> well they were little balls of people unfortunately yeah well that was the thing is that uh it was it was uh uh, kind of dual horrors of the people like some of them were clearly uh affected by the experiment the science yeah. experiment like they were Subspace all they were distortion. all like turned inside <laughs> out and stuff yeah um but then also there was the the critter running around eating klingons well we saw klingons too though yeah. not the only bodies yeah. and uh which was so- a, a um you know we we're talking about this is a so many classic horror tropes <laughs> in this one the um you get the scare of like, oh, there's somebody in the shadows, and mm-hmm. then they come out, and then something eats them. Yes, but this was kind of a, it was a hilarious scene, I I think. It was. Because a Klingon steps out, a living Klingon. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was Tilly that called him out. Yeah. She's all like, you in the shadows, come out. Yep. <laughs> Tilly's on this mission, even though she's just a cadet, but whatever. She that is kind out. of a weird one. I feel like there were several other... She's like other... a Wesley Crusher. <laughs> She just goes along on everything. She's smart. She's in the science lab. We send her on all the away missions. So this Klingon pops out, and we're all ready for this, like, showdown, and he shushes them. Yep. It's like, quiet. There's this crazy beast murdering everyone on the ship. Shut up. And one second later, he gets eaten by a murderous beast by on the, beast. the ship. Yep. 
Too bad, uh, Mr. Koyan. We hardly knew you. And we don't know what happened on the ship. Um, as usual, all logs are corrupted because logs get corrupted very easily. Um, they salvage some stuff out of the science lab, um, including a, a completely unexplained with a navigational hack. They just started, like, cutting everything out of this one room. I was amazed, like, they're like, we need that, we need that, we need that, too. Yep, yep. Um, Meanwhile, Um, the monster's pounding on the door. It was, yeah, like you said, they were keeping the thrill factor (laughs) high in this horror thriller show. So, I mean, I feel like what this is implying, to speculate a little bit, is uh, kind of a doom storyline, right? They opened a portal to hell, uh, in that case. Or or whatever, you know, uh, the nether space. And something climbed through it and started... Those were my thoughts, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. I feel like um, they're working on transportation, but mm-hmm. that inevitably means other things can transport to you. A door sure, once opened sure. can be entered both ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that from? Oh, too many things. But <laughs> Doctor Who was the specific uh, one I was referencing there. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, maybe they uh, went through hyperspace or some interstitial space. It warp killed everyone on the ship the creature ended up there and then it came back to regular space so what you're saying is they're just ripping off the voyager episode where the other ship in the delta quadrant found these (laughs) aliens that they could use for transportation and had to torture them wow and then the the aliens came back and tortured the humans no i remember that i I hadn't even thought about that parallel Mm. um so i i assume they went to some kind of hyperspace it killed everybody the beast came back with them the klingons boarded the ship the beast killed the klingons but i'm hoping it's more complicated than that (laughs) i I, i'm laughing because it's it's all solved pretty quickly they take as much as they can off the ship get Mm -hmm. the heck off the ship which is good so Mm -hmm. they didn't do a whole episode of horror yeah but then we learn quite quickly the captain's just like well that's that and blows up the ship so no second away team nothing like that no further their investigation of the Klingons. It's I, just wasn't that, that was scary. Let's blow it up. <laughs> wasn't that kind of a valuable ship? Yeah, I mean these ships look nice. Yeah, I can't believe I just said that. A, I'm <laughs> on record of hating the design of the Discovery. B, oh my God, it's growing on me, and I hate that they're totally brainwashing me. So when well, I saw them blow up a Discovery, I was like, well, that's sad. And it means they totally misled us with the previews last week. Oh, was there a shot of, of it blowing up? There was that. a shot of the Discovery blowing classic, up. Classic. Classic. Or not the Discovery, the I, Glenn. <laughs> I think they do that in the preview of every episode where they blow Terrible. up a ship that looks like the hero ship. That is cheap, CBS. Don't it play is. these games. <laughs> <laughs> My heart um, can't take it. But yeah, let's let's talk about the design a little bit. We actually get to see the Discovery for the first time. Yeah, It okay. makes the same entrance as the last ship coming down out of the ether from above. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let, let's start with the good. Mm-hmm. It's got a saucer and two nacelles. So they didn't give us some weird, That's you know, I, d- I didn't want some crazy configuration. Mm-hmm. It's a standard enterprise configuration. Mm-hmm. Where it diverges <laughs> is, let's see, the disc is actually a disc with kind of a bubbleish kind of thing in the middle. It's two separate pieces. How are they joined? Have you seen the, like, junction uh, points? It has spokes. Yeah, some spokes. Does it have the ball and then a ring and then another ring is that the design oh are there three rings? are there two gaps or one I, yeah I don't there might be two gaps now that you but, say it, but one's a smaller gap yeah, i did notice in the initial um flyby we get to fly up through the gap oh did we it does I it highlights that yep. oh no yep. it okay highlights that and then <laughs> pulls, pulls back to give a nice three-quarter shot Fantastic. uh yeah. glamour shot of it 
Okay, so um, um, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on the design yet either, but it is also kind of growing on me. The part I don't like most is the large triangle, the big yes. delta in the back. Yes. It evokes actually a Klingon vessel. That's what Klingons look like. It does. It also reminds me of uh, wings in general, yeah. which I always liked that um, it's Star space. Trek ships don't really look <laughs> like they would work in we gravity. We have infinite, infinite energy. We don't need wings. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, but that delta at the same time uh, starts to look good after a while. <laughs> hate to admit it. Yep. Uh, but we get to see the inside for the first time too. The corridors remind me of Next Generation. They're two angles. Um, it's very, it's it's all metal now. We don't get the lush carpeting of the Enterprise D. Yes, or the the many primary colors of the uh, original oh, Enterprise. No colors. They're yeah. just afraid of colors. Like I'm, no homage, right? The doors were could have been like dark red, but no, they're just. <laughs> Dark, oh, true. silver, blue, like with, everything um, else. With with a lit up, lit up pattern on them. Is there? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Pay more attention to these um, sets. The sets you know, are good. You I, know what I, I like? I like that the the Shenzhou, Shenzhou, mm-hmm. Shenzhou, Shenzhou. Uh, I like that it looked cool. I liked how it looked. It looked modern. Um, the Discovery manages to use the same design language um, and make it look just a little more modern than that. You know, they mention it being a new ship. It looks yeah. like a new ship compared. No scuffs on the floor, as noted That's by That's true. Mr. Expanse. So it is very nice, but it also has a lot of has a lot of hard lines, hard edges. Uh, it looks utility. It is, and um, parts that would be glowy bubbles in the next generation have like grid work through them. Mm-hmm. They're trying to really make it look like there's a lot of detail on this ship, yeah. and it obfuscates. It's almost like we're seeing an HD ship for the first <laughs> time. The rest were just decent approximations of what this ship looks like. That's now true. We're uh, I look forward to seeing the transporter room. Have we seen... Yeah, we've seen transporters. There's actually... Uh, there was a good transporter joke in this one. I loved it. The captain did a sight-to-sight transport. Uh-huh. I believe that's actually in the next scene that we should talk about. Um, uh, so Michael is yeah. very upset at this point. Okay, I'm going to rewind one more time and say we got a lecture from Engineering Guy about what they're up to, finally. And it was the most nonsensical garbage I've ever heard on a sci-fi show. And it made me so angry. Deep down, physics and biology are the same thing. Okay. Whatever. Isn't that what they say? Is uh, biology is just applied physics? Yes, biology is applied physics. (laughs) Physics is not applied biology. (laughs) That is not the direction things go. So I was a little annoyed by that babble, whatever they call it, but this was not good. I, I, tell me more about pattern buffers and warp nacelles. You know, I don't sure. want to hear about biology and physics fundamentals. But point being, we have a mad scientist. We have a um, a brand of technobabble, a brand of sci-fi technology that I think is going to kind of define uh, discovery. It's it's the plot. It is. We're going to have to deal with this biology physics conundrum yeah. for a while. And maybe they'll make it make sense. Maybe they won't. Yeah. So uh, Michael comes back and she's like, I am done with this. The shuttle's ready to leave the Discovery. Mm-hmm. It's been all repaired. I'm out of here. And Mr. Stoneface Captain says, Wouldn't you like to join my crew instead? You know, standard recruitment speech. What was his cell? His cell was, We're doing something really important here. Uh-huh. What do you want to do with your life? Just be sad all the time, or do you want to help us win this war that you started? I thought that was his final line. 
I don't know. It After, was the one that sold it. For yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you I feel owe like, us something. <laughs> I feel like he was saving something. He was saving that. Yeah. He was saving that one for the, well, you did kind of start structure. the war, so. <laughs> Maybe you should take one for the team here and help me with my mad science experiments. And this is when, finally, he does the transporter gag. He mm-hmm. does... He says, I need a site-to-site transport from my office down into the super-secret engineering lab. Right. And I love that because we do not get enough site-to-site transporter usage in Star Trek. No, we don't. I'm sorry. If you have transporters, you're going to use them. You know, and probably because that that's an effect, and effects cost money. And Nowadays, they're, they're it's cheap, land. though. That's, I, like, now, the easiest yeah. effect on the planet. Oh, yeah. Actors, leave the scene now. Yep. <laughs> um, throw some stuff at it, and it's done. <laughs> I think they actually used glitter in the old days, like the yeah, original Star Trek. In a, yeah. in a bowl, they'd swirl it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they transport down to the science bay, Yeah. and he explains what it's really about, which is transportation. Yeah, again, he did the horror thing, though. He's like, please get in this glass chamber for a moment. Trust me, I'm the captain. Even though there's still dramatic lighting all around. I was scared for a moment, minute, but she trusted him. I guess yeah. she's used to trusting Starfleet people. I, I was a little worried that maybe they were going to do some kind of like, like, oh, now you've got spores in you and you die if you leave the ship or something. Oh, that, oof. That's, which, that would have been bad. That's yeah. pretty tacky, but, you know. I mean, I thought it was just going to be like some LSD trip or something she was about to go well, on. Well, and that's an excellent <laughs> question. She did go on a little LSD trip. She went on a trip. Let's say that. Did she actually, she didn't actually go places though, right? I think she did. I think this is like your consciousness because it's biology can move along the physics nerves of the oh, universe. That's interesting. Kind of. yeah. I think it actually was a transportation system at that point. Well, just like until this point, like we'd seen it used to move the entire ship as like yes. a system, like a ship system. Um, but the like get in the booth and see other planets thing, I, I don't know what's going on there. I took it as look at the potential of this when you have a small mass and a lot of these particles. Yeah. Our trick now is scaling this up to a ship. Sure. That makes sense. That's at least how I'm reading it. I, at this I just moment. felt like that little sequence, it wasn't totally clear if she was if he was showing her like you can use this to view other locations or if she was actually taking a tour of all these places. I think she went. What. I think that was the implication, but that's it, entirely it, possible. It is open to imp- interpretation. We'll see which one it mm-hmm. actually pans out to be. Maybe it works like Chicote's vision quest. So he offers her a fortune cookie. <laughs> like you do. What would your fortune be? She doesn't open it. But That's true. I wonder if that'll be a plot point at some point, what her fortune was. The next episode will open, and it'll say, your lucky number is six. It'll, <laughs> yes. But she takes the job. She does, because he said you started the war and should finish it. My God, we can't handle another ship, so I'm glad we're finally settling onto one ship. Yes. <laughs> so it's the Discovery. It's got a creepy captain. Mm-hmm. It's got a cool security chief, commander. It has a first officer who has a bit of history with Kind Michael. of a jerk. He was a joke, and now he's a jerk. But um pum Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and last... <laughs> Commander Tall. Commander Tall Pants. <laughs> um, Blonde engineering dude who's upset about his friend. Mm-hmm. What other drama do we have? Michael. She's uh, just full of drama. Blonde engineering dude. Uh, something we, we went by very briefly is he gives an info dump at one point. Which, uh, yeah. will Discovery ever get tired of exposition and info dumps? Probably not. <laughs> Season um, four. But she, they're on the shuttle going over to the away mission, and she's like, hey, so I figured out some stuff about it. What are we dealing with? 
And he finally goes, okay, fine, I'll tell you everything. Yes. And explains that he was a scientist, a civilian scientist, uh, who was working on this spore porter. Yeah, sure. And um, Spores. Got, he likes spores. Right. And, and got basically conscripted into Starfleet uh, with his partner to work on it as a military project. Yeah, and he made the joke that they split us up so that we could work twice as fast or something. <laughs> like, how, how does that work? And I, I guess one of the reasons I keep getting confused about his position is because he is always in engineering, but at the same time he was conscripted. So why right. would he be chief engineer or anything like that? But also they had their, they had their their, uh, I guess spore trip chamber, um, and then they had the spore garden. But they, there wasn't like a warp core in there. So I'm thinking this is not... We haven't actually gotten the warp core glamour shot yet, or have we? I don't, that, think like, we've, I don't think we've seen main they, engineering. They've been in a room with a red circular thing. I wonder if that's the red warp core. Red circular thing. Yeah. Mm, I don't mm. know what that is. I'll have to go back to the video. Yeah. Oh, we get one more great scene with Tilly. And Tilly, she's she's not drama. She's just kind of <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she makes a nice little speech, though, and says... Many people don't know this, but I'm going to be captain someday. And I'm acting all weird just because I got a lot to learn. But watch out, you people. <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, she has big plans. Big plans. They better not kill her. Oh, no, they won't do it. But they're going to make her suffer. I Probably. think she's going to be O'Brien. And they're just going <laughs> to put her through terrible, terrible things. Episode after episode, she's going to be the punching bag. But eventually, she'll command the ship and she'll long, do a good job. As long as she's not Harry Kim. Ah, she is just a cadet, though, so that means she's going away at some point. Well, hopefully she won't be a cadet for seven seasons. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, so overall, good episode, bad episode, best episode ever. I thought <laughs> it was a great follow-up to what we've been introduced to so far. Yeah, it was a big exposition. Was that good, bad? I don't know. You didn't answer the question. Answer the question. Oh, I thought it was good good okay i'll give it a good also it wasn't great i didn't think about all the exposition until you just mentioned it (laughs) talking here (laughs) but overall i thought it was um mostly kind of a forgettable episode it was almost like too many things happened but it was just a lot of character introductions technology introductions here's the ship so it's good for all that that's true and it was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. I'll think, probably rewatch it a couple of times. You know, in ten episodes, when we look back, um, it'll probably be like, oh, Skip that's the episode where <laughs> not everybody was that fleshed out. They did yeah. a lot of exposition. Not much happened. You know. Um, but for for a week-to-week thing... Yeah, it's working. We're here for the exposition. We're advancing the drama. We mm-hmm. got some more drama. It's good. Exactly. Um, uh couple of notes about uh, art direction that i liked okay i really like everybody's shoes oh i missed the shoes i will one have of, to pay attention one of my things about star trek has always been that everybody wears those stupid like black boots they're these black like bo- very they're simple like, black like boot things. restaurant staff style black boots i hope people in the restaurants don't have to wear those fair enough <laughs> uh they don't look very practical they don't look super comfortable they don't look very futuristic i mean how futuristic is leather boots well, they don't show up that well on standard def. It's okay. And they don't show up that often, period. You know, I mean, how often do you see people's shoes on Star Trek, right? So I, I actually but, heard you note this. When we first got our shot of the commander, you're like, oh, he has interesting feet. That's true, actually. Yeah, the commander has uh, backwards 
leg. Oh, like, he has backwards. He has feet? like like dog leg style. Oh, that's why they always show him from waist up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they they CGI'd it in one shot. They did um, prosthetics. There are these oh, shoes that kind of mimic that in one shot that aren't okay. didn't look quite as good. So they'll probably settle on one or the other. A lot of time in the makeup chair for mm-hmm. that guy. But their shoes are these really kind of futuristic looking, uh, almost like modern sneaker, like high tech oh. sneaker kind of. But are boots. they? Yeah. What, are they simple design? Are they complicated? Uh, medium complicated. They're like medium. the uniform, you know, medium complex. So it's like a sneaker boot, like a yeah. Converse? <laughs> uh, not like Converse no. sneakers. Like think like, like Jordans. Uh, no. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Uh, okay. Like like modern, super high-tech uh, basketball shoes, running shoes, that kind of thing. Okay. I will have to pay more attention. Yeah. With cool little uh, Starfleet emblem buckles. <laughs> Uh, so that was neat and then uh, they did a little thing where we got to see someone use a phaser in beam mode oh this you got very excited in this scene I got very excited about that because I like phaser beams Uh, the pew pew phasers are cool they make for good action Uh, they they don't not Star Trek to me and they really beefed this one up. This felt like a proton pack, like fighting some ghosts here. It was like, it, there was, yeah, the sound effect yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think she even used two hands yeah, maybe for that. Melting her way through a door. That was pretty cool. And she said, well, even with this giant gun, it's still not cutting fast enough. Yep. So I wonder if they have, uh, we, we still need to see the pistol style weapons. I had some of those. I'm sorry. I meant to say rifle. Like phaser rifle. Yeah, there was a security guy standing by the back door of the shuttle. They showed a couple of shots of him. He was just standing there, I don't know. And he was holding a rifle. And I think they told him to stay with the ship. And he didn't die? He didn't die. Fantastic. Uh, I think the Klingon was the only one that... Did we lose any red shirts? We should have a red shirt counter for this show. Yeah, somebody in the back got eaten. Oh, no. Who was that? That was pretty fast. Well, we did lose a Klingon. We know that, but it's not a red shirt. At the time, oh, I God, thought it we was. We did lose a red shirt. <laughs> at the time, I thought it was the security chief because she was kind of. But then I guess she was the one that was burning through the door, right? So. Yeah, security chief. She was fine. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, somebody got eaten right before they got into the lab. We've got one last thing also. The yeah? creepy closing scene between the security chief and the captain, where there's a little shop of horrors of all his grotesque creatures that yes. he keeps. Uh, so I it wonder... turns out he likes animals. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if those are creatures that he brought back from the rift. That's kind of my assumption. Uh-huh. Or yeah. the, uh, what do they call it in Warhammer? Xenobiologist. <laughs> uh, astromycologist? I think he, he seems like the type that tortures them, though, so I'm a little uh, worried. Where are his Starfleet ethics? That's, that's making quite a Starfleet ethics speech in this, too. This was... This episode was all over the place. A lot of Star Trek. In this That's true. Episode. The the name of the episode uh, comes from a little that, speech he gives. And was this her retort to him? Well, uh, he gave his speech saying he, he can look past her mutiny because kings can, can understand context. Universal rules are for <laughs> plebes, basically, yeah. and context is he for He can kings. look beyond that. Yes, yes. But her reply was, I'm Starfleet. I have a moral code. Mm-hmm. Just because I was court-martialed doesn't mean I don't believe in that moral code anymore. Right. I'm going to follow this. Right. And he's all like, eh, how about you see a site-to-site transport? <laughs> <laughs> and then shows her the, the spore. Yeah, the transportation device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, wow, there was a lot in this episode. There is. I mean, we, we know that this transportation method is not going to work out. No, this has Voyager written all over it. I, 
I mean, anytime anyone has ever tried to go faster in Star Trek, it's resulted in uh, lizards or explosions or oh, being... The lizards, I forgot about the lizards. Getting lost in subspace for a hundred years or something, you know. And I don't recall Geordi ever talking about the nerves of the universe, so I'm pretty sure this theory's not going to pan out too yeah, far. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a physicist, not an astromycologist, <laughs> so... He didn't believe in the power so of the I guess spores. That, I guess that tells you what jobs survived to that century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's wrap this up. I enjoyed this episode. I'm glad you did, too. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Good Star Trek. Great. Um, Until next week, we'll see some more great Star Trek.